Welcome to a special edition of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. I'm your host, Ian, and uh, joining me shortly will be my co-host, Jason. This uh, special edition of the show is not about Warhammer 40,000, which it usually is, but instead it is a roundtable discussion of the new Star Wars film, The Force Awakens. Uh, This is coming out a month after the release of Episode 7, so if you haven't seen the new Star Wars movie... We will be talking about spoilers, so if you care about spoilers, don't listen, shut it off. Uh, We don't have any of our usual segments on here, it's just about an hour-long discussion of The Force Awakens. Uh, I should also mention there are a few spoilers for the cartoon Star Wars The Clone Wars, so if you're worried about that, just shut it off. If you're worried about spoilers, just stop listening. Okay, you're still there? Alright, well, stay tuned for a special edition of Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. In addition to myself and Jason, joined are uh, my friends and members of my role-playing group, Daryl and Joe, who will be introduced shortly. And uh, we'll see you on the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom. seen Star Wars yet, Why don't be you... complaining about spoilers, because you obviously don't care about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and just turn it off now if you do care about spoilers. Okay, um, Joe, how about you uh, introduce yourself to the millions of loving and adoring fans, and <laughs> and uh, your thoughts on Star Wars in general? Well, hi guys, uh, my name's Joe, and I live right near Ian and Daryl, good friends, and I... Uh, I want to say that I've been a Star Wars fan since I was a little kid. And I went through my phase of nostalgia as a child with A New Hope. And I was in all the toys and the action figures and the movies. And then the Phantom Menace came along and shattered my world. So, let's Did just... it really... Okay, when it came out, not looking back at it, when you left Phantom Menace, were you just like absolutely heartbroken? Or did it take like a few viewings afterwards for you to realize that it was not so good? I think I left the theater feeling that it was a little bit empty inside, and I felt maybe I gotta go watch it again because maybe I just maybe you had hyped it up too much, almost or something like that, and yeah. then you have to give it another chance. To be fair, Joe's favorite insult is comparing something or to the something or someone to the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it's one of my favorite things to say is uh, if it's uh, something really terrible happens, I'll probably refer to it as being worse than the time I saw The Phantom Menace. (laughs) And uh, you're really into uh, The Edge of the Empire too, right? Yeah, yeah. So we play Edge of the Empire and I'm uh, pretty big uh, into Star Wars, I would say, since since childhood I've been a Star Wars fan. (laughs) Do you play um, X-Wing with the guys as well? Yes, I do. Right on. What do you normally fly? 
I usually play as the Imperials when I play uh, X-Wing, and when I play Armada with Ian, I've played as the Star Destroyer. Right so, on. Yeah, uh, who is your all-time favorite character? Uh, geez, Luke Skywalker, just top of my head, first yeah. like gut reaction instinct, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Daryl? Uh, yeah, so I play uh, Star Wars uh, X-Wing Miniatures game and the Edge of the Empire uh, role-playing game, both from uh, uh, the FFG uh, company. They've done some really great stuff with the Star Wars license since they've got it. Um, a lot of good stuff. Have you yeah. played Imperial Assault? Uh, no, not yet. It is on my list to try for sure. Yeah. Um, we were sort of looking at it one day, and it, it, it looked uh, it looked a little complicated at first glance, so I feel like I kind of need someone who's played it before to walk me through it. But yeah, it does look like a good game. Uh, there's another game, Rebellion, uh, that's coming out from them soon, so that might be cool too. Mm -hmm. uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, all four movies, and the, um, the uh, Clone Wars cartoon, uh, both of them, uh, I thought they were pretty excellent. And uh, yeah, um, pretty big Star Wars fan. I noticed you say all four movies. Are you just ignoring the fact that there were prequels, or...? <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it for me it did it did take a while to kind of click in uh, how terrible they were like they they uh, visually uh, like they were they were pretty strong um, and uh, they they kind of uh, they they didn't have the the grainy sort of worn out um, feel that uh, that the originals did like they they were very clean and modern. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, that was some of the appeal from the originals too, so, uh, after a while, yeah, it just kind of sunk in that there wasn't really any substance to, to those movies. Yeah, I, th I think talking about, like, the, the grittiness and everything, the grittiness of, like, the original trilogies, I think that almost, like, the film style and the fact that it's on film and it's a little bit older really adds to the fact that, like, the Star Wars universe is a little run down, especially on the Outer Rim and stuff like that, like, mm -hmm. it feels so right to the to the atmosphere of the movie um yeah I mean I, I don't talk too much about like my how much I like Star Wars during our regular episodes no but should, uh should I tell the story <laughs> quickly yeah no maybe quickly afterwards uh, I'm, I'm like a huge Star Wars fan and like I understand that the prequels aren't great but, like, I love anything Star Wars, man. I don't care if it's absolutely horrible. I'm going to watch it. And it's going to entertain me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not complaining. I'm just happy to, like, keep pumping out Star Wars content because we're just lucky to get stuff on film. Yeah. Jay once said he would pay money to see uh, Luke blowing yoga. No, that's not, that's not how it went. I said if I went and paid to see a Star Wars movie and it ended up being an hour and a half of Luke blowing Yoda... I wouldn't be pissed. <laughs> Actually, I just want to bring up, since you're uh, talking about anything Star Wars, uh, this Christmas, actually, I started off my day watching the Star Wars Holiday Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you made it through it. <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about The Force Awakens. Let's get back on. Yeah, this is a Force Awakens episode. Um, yeah, so... Guys, how about we uh, talk about our first impressions and just overall feelings? Uh, um, I really liked it. I walked away feeling satisfied and that this was bringing back like the first line is this will set things right and I really feel that it's done that. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, The Force Awakens signaled to me that the franchise is in really good hands. Uh, Disney taking it over was definitely great for the franchise. Um, I'm a little leery for uh, the future of it, for sure, because Disney has indicated that their strategy is to keep making films until people won't buy tickets anymore. I'm pretty sure they're going with the Marvel strategy. It's just like pump out as many movies as you can. Yeah, and I just, I, I don't know, it, it kind of irks me a little bit that they that they intend to drive the franchise into the ground. Yeah, well, what worries me is that um, you have this like model now, like especially looking at Marvel, where it's like you have to watch all these other movies to understand... Kind of true. to get like the full experience of the main movie. Is that what episode nine is going to be? Like, are you going to have to have watched the two or three movies or the two movies in a TV show or something like that that's been brought out before episode nine comes out to actually kind of get the full experience? I don't know. I mean, the Star Wars franchise has always tried to be really accessible. I mean, people were saying, "Oh, like I've never seen any Star Wars movies before," and. I said, I really don't think, I know it's episode seven, but I really don't think that you need to have watched the other movies in order to understand what's happening. I think you might yeah, get a lot more not, yeah. from it, Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you don't need that, that history. Uh, you know, it's just, it's always, uh, the Star Wars movies are always a really fun adventure, and then you've got like comics and TV shows and stuff to kind of fill out the rest of the universe, like the backstories of the characters, and like the current like political status quo. And all those other mm -hmm. tiny uh, details that you ever wanted to know or, or uh, small questions you had, uh, all that extra stuff is there to kind of fill that out and help you be that super nerd during the movie who's like, oh, well, you see, this is happening because of such and such a thing. It's like, mm -hmm. no one cares. I just want to watch the adventure. Yeah. Like, I know that uh, we're introducing our buddy to Star Wars, and he's like, That's right. like the original trilogy, and he's kind of like, mm, okay, it's all right. And I'm starting to realize that maybe I enjoyed it so much because I saw it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. and now I love it even more because I know so much about the expanded universe, and it's so, there's so much more to every little detail, every little scene, every little item that someone's holding. It's like, oh, I know exactly what he's holding and what that's used for, even though it's not mentioned in the movies. Which is kind of funny because that friend in question has played, like, video games and stuff and, like, probably has a bit of expanded universe knowledge. Even yeah. though he's never seen the films yeah, or yeah. just recently started being them. Yeah. So... Joe, first impressions. Well, I thought the film was good. The visuals were impressive. It was beautiful to watch a Star Wars film that wasn't filled up with CGI backgrounds. That was a good change back to the original. Um, my impression leaving the theater was it was a very satisfying uh, action, adventure, sci-fi story, and I felt that the characters were good. And me and Ian saw it together, and I... I think I told him these feelings during the end of the film because uh, I did enter in, as we were waiting in line, I told him I was entering in with a little bit of skepticism because I had been disappointed three times yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> there, there I, think, was, I think we all had that like hint of doubt, like, <laughs> can't get myself too excited because I've been here before. <laughs> <laughs> there was much trepidation. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, for me, big surprise. I loved it. Yeah. Like... Loved it way more than I ever thought I would. This movie is, like, so beautifully shot. And that's what surprised me the most. Not that it was a really good movie. It's that when they're on, um... Did they actually say what planet it is that Moz's, uh, bar is on? Did they actually know? Uh, I don't think so. That planet that they're on, when uh, the First Order comes and attacks them, mm -hmm. and there's, like, the TIE fighters coming in, and it 
the shot starts off focused on the sun and then switches focus to the TIE fighters coming in. And that's like one of the best shots I've seen in any movie for a long time. And I'm like a huge cinematography buff. Um, yeah, Jay where he used to work in film. Yeah. So, right, so. Um, but yeah, man, storyline, action was amazing. Some comedy in there. There are a few scenes I didn't like that we'll talk about later. But it just goes to prove anything J.J. Abrams touches is gold, man. That guy can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, maybe let's talk about some of the new characters in the movie. Who is your favorite new character? Jeez. Uh, that's that's tough to say. Like, there's uh, some really good ones. And, uh, I mean, Ray definitely seems like a very interesting character. Like, she's... Uh, the actress who plays her is very good. And... It was kind of, I liked her story arc because it was uh, this this girl who was living on this desert planet, kind of like this boy that we knew living on a desert planet back in 1977. Yeah, I think when you're first introduced to Rey, that first, her first opening scene, when she's like rummaging through, like scavenging through that Star Destroyer, and like she zips down the line and stuff like that. And then the thing that sold me instantly on her character is that long shot when she hops onto, um, I don't know what it is that she hops on. Or like little sled thing. Yeah, and then she slides down this massive sand dune. I don't know, something like that just instantly connects you to the character. It's like it's something so small, like her sliding down a sand dune while trying to scavenge to live. Mm-hmm. You just instantly make this connection to, I really like this character. There's something about her. She's so, she has so much depth already in like, one small scene. Mm-hmm. Ian, what about you? Oh, I, I want to go last, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, I really like Finn. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I was trying to figure out who he was in the trailers. I didn't really do a lot of reading about the movie uh, before it came out, so I, I just seen a trailer or two, and I, I just I really couldn't figure out what was going on uh, with this uh, Finn guy, but it turns out he's like one of the main characters. Uh, he's really funny. Uh, his, his origin is kind of, um, it's very, it's very unique and original, I think, for the Star Wars universe, where, you know, he's one of the faceless stormtroopers who, uh, turns out to have a lot of depth and, uh, character, and, uh, now he's sort of, like, switched sides or whatever, um, you know, and that was one of the things I liked about the movies, I felt that the, the stormtroopers, there, there was a little bit more to them, they weren't just these faceless goons, mm-hmm. like, all of them, uh, were slightly more interesting. They were also, like, like, in that opening scene when they're first doing the assault on Jakku, um, there's, like, all different heights of guys. You don't have this, like, oh, that's right, you yeah. don't just have this, like, like, they're almost like they're still clones, mm-hmm. even though in, like, A New Hope and everything, the original trilogy, they're not all clones at that point, right? But, like... They really made it seem like, okay, this is an army of just guys that we've yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the, that opening shot in uh, the film when they were uh, getting off the shuttle and yeah. they were raiding the planet, and uh, I remember one of them, one of the stormtroopers was shot in the neck and he reached out his hand and uh, he left that bloody handprint on Finn's helmet, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, like, that's a moment, like, where you're realizing, like, that's an actual person and there's blood. And he's dying in like another person's arms, pretty much. So you you're like, okay, these are these are these are human beings underneath the, the mask. Yeah, so, I, I, that's interesting too. The fact that like the smearing of the blood, it's not an excessive use of blood, 
But that's not something that we've really seen in Star Wars a yeah. lot, is like actually like blood smeared across it, something. It's like more blood from a stormtrooper than has ever been shown yeah. in any film or television Yeah, and I think show. that really, even though you don't realize it, I think that really speaks to you, because you haven't seen it in a Star Wars film before. Also, one of the reasons they went with droids as the antagonists in the prequels is so that the Jedi could like just chop them, them all up. And yeah. Everything. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, now they're still willing to like have, I guess, like they're doing a little more um, like gruesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, blood isn't gruesome compared to like most slasher films today, but like it's more than there's ever been in Star Wars. Exactly, yeah. Um, so my favorite new character, I'm a huge Kylo Ren fan, massive Kylo Ren fan. Um, well, I mean, we're gonna get into conspiracies later. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm pretty sure the character is based off of Jason Solo, who's mm-hmm. like <laughs> one of my all-time favorite characters in the expanded Definitely. universe. Um, but aside from that, let's say he's just Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. I think that character was really cool. A lot of like. A very different character as well. Like, I think the reason why Finn is so awesome is because we've never seen that type of character in Star Wars before. They've never gone with that approach of a character. Same as Kylo Ren, this, like, guy who's fallen to the dark side, but he's still in that, like, struggle. It'd be interesting to see, like, a storyline of Anakin when he first, first becomes Darth Vader. Like, those first few years of when he was in the suit, like, is he still battling as well? Or did he instantly just become the Darth Vader that we know? I have a hard feeling, I have a hard time mm-hmm. believing that's what it was. But now we're actually getting to see that like progression to the dark side. Like when he takes it out, when he takes out um, his anger on the console, he's like smashing it with the lightsaber. That's pretty awesome too, man. <laughs> what about you, man? Yeah, well, uh, Kylo Ren's definitely my runner-up. Uh, Adam Driver... I've been a huge fan of since I saw Girls on HBO. He does a fantastic job on that show. And when I heard he was going to be in the movie, I got super excited. Um, also, I feel... I want to touch on something you said. I feel like Adam Driver portraying Ben Solo is, like, Anakin Skywalker done right. Like, this powerful Force user who's sort of, like, rising and dealing with his emotions. And mm-hmm. instead of hating Christensen, like, you know, ballsing it up, it's Adam Driver just, like living that role he, heard, he really is the perfect actor for that role yeah I've heard people say like oh he's like kind of like just a kid or he's really like just taking like that was stupid when he took his anger out it's like no this is a that's the point yeah, yeah this is right. a kid nice. who's got all this power and he's trying to live up to this massive legacy and yeah it's like, like crushing a lot of people were complaining in like the final fight when he's like oh like smashing his his stomach his right? wound yeah but he's He's hitting his wound yeah. to like build up pain, to build up anger, to use it, right? Because he's still like untrained. He's like, okay, I gotta. This is how. Like, I can't center myself like a Jedi or a Sith, right? I can't center myself to get that anger going. I have to physically get it going. Yeah, and, and direct. Um, uh, shoot, um, directly opposite Vader, who's so cold mm-hmm. and calculating. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver's like still has all that emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite character though. Poe Dameron. <laughs> just like the smart mouth fighter ace. Yeah. Sold my heart. It's like one of his first lines when Kylo Ren takes him on Jack Lou and he's like, so who talks first? I talk first, you talk first. <laughs> I was sold right there. That, I don't know, that, that took me so off guard mm-hmm. in the movie because you hadn't seen that type of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Star- you had seen comedy, but that type of comedy... Yeah. You haven't seen the Star Wars before. That's true. And they do that a few times as well. Yeah. But I, I don't mind it. It's bringing it into, like, the modern era to connect with, like, youth of our 
of this yeah. time period, I guess, which, yeah. you know, it's a break from the original films, but I, I really enjoyed it, and I loved that character. Yeah, so. I remember talking to a few people after seeing it, and they're like, oh, I really like Poe Dameron. He's like the new Han Solo. Like, isn't he more, like, Wedge done properly? Yeah. Like, Wedge, Wedge, Wedge has this whole, like, expanded universe story, and he is, like, amazing, right? Awesome, like, super cool, amazing fighter pilot. Yeah. Well, we didn't get a chance to expand on that in the original movies. Now let's create a character that we can make other movies mm-hmm. for if we wanted to, right? Or a TV series yeah. if we wanted to. I'm not a big fan of people like comparing the new characters to the old characters because, like, don't they're they're new characters? Like, mm-hmm. they aren't necessarily just rehashing. Yeah, like the original series. Although the movie was almost like just a rehash of Episode Four. Yeah. Um. Any shout outs to? Any other characters that maybe weren't main characters that you liked, Joe? Uh, like, I definitely thought Finn's character was uh, pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. as Daryl was saying earlier, uh, having like a story around a stormtrooper uh, defects that was that was interesting. Showing like that conscious decision, not feeling uh, not feeling right about uh, following orders, like having a moral problem with it, like. That, that, again, as we said before, added a lot of, like, humanity to uh, the characters. Like, uh, this film is a little bit different. It's not so much, like, black and white, like, this is good and this is evil. Like, you're showing that there's uh, there's two sides, and the the so-called bad guys, um, they're, they're, they're just actually people, and they might be misguided, like, uh, with Kylo Ren. Um, He's torn between conflict and uh, with the the troopers. Uh, one thing they discussed in the film was that uh, they were they were taken from birth. Like Finn said, he was taken as a small child and he was kind of raised to be the soldier. So, mm-hmm. uh, as I was saying, to, I said this to Ian yesterday. I believe that uh, you almost want to feel a little bit bad for them because these people were kind of taken at this young age where they were easily influenced and. They're kind of raised to be the certain things to be used as a tool. Like it wasn't that they were conscripts or um, that that came in in their twenties or that they uh, like volunteered for this army. They they didn't volunteer for the cause. They were kind of like forced into it. So you you almost think too like are they really are they really bad guys? Like are are they just tools for uh, the bigger bad guys? Do they so. just believe? That what they're doing is proper because that's how they were raised, right? Yeah, they... I think, like, keeping in with the Stormtrooper thing, like, another character that, I don't know, is not even really, like, a character because he only has, like, one or two lines is the Stormtrooper that Finn fights mm-hmm. outside of Maz's place when the First Order assaults. And then he, like, pulls out his, like, I think they call it a riot staff. It's like a riot baton. Yeah. Apparently. And uh, Finn has the lightsaber. And I don't know, just that, like, well, first off, J.J. Abrams loves, like, fold-out kind of weapons, and, like, a generic soldier being, like, really, really good. He also did it in the Star Trek movie, when they're, like, uh, uh, when they, like, skydive out and land on the platform, and then, like, these two guys just come out of it, and you're like, okay, who are these guys? And then this guy, like, unfolds a sword and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, uh, one of the Star Trek, one of the actual Enterprise guys, like, opens up a sword that, like, folds all the way out, I think, yeah, right? Like the, um, he loves that, like, spinning fold-out action and, like, a good hand-to-hand combat between just, like, a character in the movie and then, like, just a nobody. Mm-hmm. But uh, that character in, like, now the expanded, the new expanded universe, they did a comic book, 
And there's a good chance that that character was somebody who Finn grew up with. And that's why he was, like, so upset. He's like, traitor! Yeah. Is that because they were actually, like, really close their whole childhood. And I was, like, so pissed off. He actually believes that Finn, like, was a traitor to, to them. What do you mean? Yeah, for, uh, for, I guess, like, more minor characters, uh, I like the new Imperial officers, for sure. I don't remember any of their names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just sort of the byplay between them and the the, the politics uh, uh, sort of simmering underneath, um, and then uh, uh, Snoke's was sort of this uh, interesting new like head honcho or whatever. Uh, I just I wasn't too sure about him because he I know he was he was just like a hologram, so you didn't get like the, the best look at him, but it looked like he was. Uh, CGI and yeah. just I and not like, very good CGI. No, and he's he's kind of like an important character. I feel like it'd be it'd be sort of like making the emperor like a if he's going to be the character. new emperor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it just it's uh, it's very it's very glaring. Like mm -hmm. I, I feel like CGI needs to be reserved for for background sort of stuff. Thank God characters. he ended up being a hologram. Yeah, because yeah. I honestly thought that the bad guys, like the main bad guys, were going to be these massive titan sized like aliens that lived inside planets, and I was like. Is this really where we're going with this? <laughs> and then he ended up being hologram. Oh, yeah. thank God! <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, Maz, like the own, like the bar owner. Yeah, she was definitely one of my favorites. And now that Han's out of the way, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Maz Chewbacca love story. <laughs> so. Right on. Uh, she loves that Wookie. Yeah. All right. Cool. Who doesn't? We can't just talk about all the good things. This podcast. Let's get critical about it. Is there any negative things about this movie or criticisms that you have? Uh, well, as I was saying, with uh, I've been talking about the stormtroopers a lot because uh, I think I just really think stormtroopers are really cool. But uh, one thing I had a criticism uh, was is uh, how quickly I found that Finn uh, turned against uh, his uh, other stormtroopers. Like, I can totally understand him turning against the organization and not agreeing with the organization. But I felt that him, like, going against, uh, like, the people that he'd probably known his whole life and, like, grew up with and kind of cheering when he was seeing them die, uh, that felt a little off to me. Uh, mainly because, you know, he was in a military organization and I think he was trained to, like, rely on the people next to him when you're taught, like, you have to... You know, you look after them, they look after you, you have each other's back. And, like, I just would, would have liked to see a little bit of conflict or guilt about it uh, mm -hmm. through them for doing that. Because uh, if those were the only people you've known your whole life and you're basically, like, turned on them and you have these, a couple other people around you that you've just kind of met. And, like, it just felt a little weird to me. Yeah, there's, um, I mentioned it before, there was a comic book uh that came out before the movie. Shattered Empires, I think. Is that what it was called? I think that so, yeah. that I have also heard, maybe this is wrong, it's called Before the Awakening. And then maybe Shattered Empires. Like, there, yeah. There's um a series mm. about like connecting the Force Awakens like before the Force Awakens and Shattered Empires, I believe takes place in the gap between the trilogies. Mm -hmm. And in that they talk about Finn a lot. Well Finn is in it a lot. And like mm -hmm. it's him growing up as a stormtrooper with all of these all of his close friends. And, um, he's always questioned the authority of, like, the First Order and if what they were doing was right, even though he was, like, one of the top of his class. 
Mm-hmm. She was like a really, really good soldier, but always questioning, like, is what we're doing right? Uh, maybe I shouldn't be listening to these guys. But same thing, if you grew up with these guys the whole time, like, you couldn't, like, are you the whole time thinking about killing these guys? And then now that you're doing it, you're like, yeah, okay, I'm having yeah. fun, it's good, right? Yeah, like, I, I, said, I said to Ian after the movie, I said, you know, if if, uh, if if it was somebody in the rebellion, like, let's just say it was a rebel character who, for whatever reason, disagreed with the ideals of the Alliance and turned against his uh, fellow, um, you know, rebels and started killing them off, like, you would think, well, what a, what a terrible person, like, or what a, what a sociopath, but... Yeah, exactly, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> But also, the, like, first introduction to Finn is a fellow stormtrooper, like, dying in his arms and smearing blood on his helmet, and then he's getting, like, which up. Which, in that comic as well, is a good chance that that was, like, his best friend. Yeah. He went through training together, and his best friend was actually kind of like that, like, Finn was the really, really well-trained top of the class and his buddy was like trying to get there like he was kind of the, the weaker guy so Finn was always helping him out getting him out of situations and then that guy dies yeah but then like it, it just kind of further cements Joe's point like yeah. Finn's really upset when his fellow stormtrooper dies but like two hours later in the film he's just gunning them down yeah, yeah. cheering as the X-Wings like just setting them flying and yeah. stuff like yeah any other uh... um dear I felt like the, I, I agree about the, the Finn thing for sure, you know, like that just really sort of, uh, uh, almost like, uh, broke my suspension of disbelief for, for the movie when, when he started cheering when, when the TIE Fighters were blown up by the X-Wings and then they were blown away the Stormtroopers. Um, we referenced that line from Poe Dameron where he's mm-hmm. like, hey, like, do, do I talk first or, or do you talk first? And, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, it comes dangerously close to... Uh, breaking the fourth wall yeah. and like remind you that you're you're watching a movie. So it was a really funny line, um, but uh, did it take you out of the Star Wars experience? Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah. you know. And that's what happened to me when he said it. And I was like, whoa, this is not what I'm used to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, and I think um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit of more of. Kylo Ren's character develop also, like in, in addition to, to some more depth to, to Finn, because uh, it just sort of, uh, it was like the, the last uh, bit of the movie there, that was when he sort of finally got some like real screen time and, and started developing and stuff like that, um, but uh, other than that, I don't know, I, I felt like the movie was really well done and I didn't really have a lot of criticisms of it, mm-hmm. for sure. I got a few. Um, we were talking about Snoke being CG. Uh, he wasn't the only like CG alien in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for like CG aliens in long shots and like background characters and stuff like that. But if you're gonna have a close up on a character, I don't know who is it that does the CG for them. Is it still like LucasArts sure. or I don't know? I'm sure it's probably the same company because it looks very <clears throat> similar to like the prequel ones. But they're just not good enough to do like full close-up CG characters. They don't look... There's not enough detail in the faces and all that stuff. Uh, the one in particular that really kind of irked me while watching it was when um, Ray, when we're on the planet, and the guy that she, like, gives all the junk to and he gives her food was horribly done. There's no reason for that character to not be someone in a suit. Right? I know rubber suits seem kind of strange, but, like, 
it's Star Wars, man. I want to see an old school Yoda in a like. I want to see the puppet Yoda. I don't yeah. want to see a CGI Yoda. Right? I, I agree with you because at least that that person looks more real as a person in a rubber suit than as like this computer generated character when they're they're done kind of poorly and uh, yeah, it kind of adds to what Daryl said the grittiness of it. Where if it's an actual suit and if if there's like dirt on it and there's whatever like it's wet somewhere like it just makes it you seem get these more natural real. effects yeah. to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate to each their own, but that's my personal opinion that they really, if you're going to do close-up shots, don't make it CG. Unless the CG looks better than the suit, but in the case of these movies, it usually doesn't. Yeah, I mean, they have all the money to do, like, the best uh, makeup artists in the industry, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they can do it. Um, Maz also... The, yeah, the, very mediocre, yeah. right? Like the the CG on her, and that kind of takes you away from it when you have like yeah. all this beautiful set design. Like all the sets in the movie are just yeah. amazingly done, right? Yes, they really capture like the the universe in like every set, mm-hmm. and then you have these characters, not very well yeah. done CG characters that kind of take you out of it a little bit. Um, another thing, I wasn't the biggest fan of like I know Finn is supposed to be like a well-trained, uh, like, top-of-the-class stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really like how he was able to not beat Kylo Ren, because Kylo Ren beat him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he held his own for a while. Yeah, It's like, come on, man. Kylo Ren trained under Luke Skywalker for how long? And now he trained under Snoke for how long? And even though he's been shot, he can't... Do a nice move and just kill him with one shot, you know? Like, Finn picked up a lightsaber for the first time the day before. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we've already seen, like, when you watch the film, you you can tell that uh, Kylo Ren is a powerful force user, especially in that first shot when he gets uh, shot at with the laser, and he doesn't, like, deflect it with his lightsaber. He stops it in midair, and it just stins there. You never saw that before in Star Wars. Not only that, he's holding it the whole scene, and as he's walking away, it isn't until he, like, gets onto the ship that, bam, he lets go of it. Yeah, and it's like he's holding it in the background of his yeah. mind sort of thing. Like, it's not his primary focus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even like Yoda lifting the X-Wing out, like, closing his eyes and moving his hand. It's like, Kylo mm-hmm. stops it and then, like, goes back to what he's doing. I mean, and you can say there are arguments to why it happened. Like, he's letting his emotions get the best of him, and that's why he's not a, a good fighter anymore. Yeah. Is this... But, um, Except Sith are more powerful when their when emotions are their emotions right. Are right. Yeah. But, I mean... I don't know. I didn't like that so much. And then I wasn't a big fan of how like Chewie in that movie, man. He did nothing. It seems like all of his scenes that were supposed to be his scenes, they gave to Han Solo because Han Solo wasn't going to be in the next movies. It was even even when he what? kept passing <laughs> off the bowcaster. Exactly, well, yeah. right? It's like, how awesome would it have been if Chewie was like, and he was the one that fired that shot, right? Or even if you let Han do that, and a stormtrooper came around the corner, and Chewie like clotheslined him or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, that equal that evens it out. Mm-hmm. But Chewie did nothing the whole movie, and he let his uh, life debt friend. Uh, yeah, I don't want to yeah. say like owner because he's not his owner, but he, the guy who owes a life debt to, he lets him die. Yeah, he's okay. So not only did you do nothing, you failed your like your mission in these movies. Yeah, <laughs> for the last like however many years. Your whole being has been protecting Han, but then you let him get, like, butchered. Yeah. So. What were you mean? Okay, I'm going to try. This is something I've been, like, I spent weeks trying to, like, articulate. <laughs> so, first off, loved the movie, but, like, I left with this feeling, like, I felt really, 
this kind of like gut feeling of like, okay, something is really missing. And like, you know, we're all huge Star Wars fans, and Force Awakens was just a redo of, in many ways of episode four, but when I was a kid, I read a lot of the expanded universe stuff after... A lot of the expanded universe. Yeah, after I think the you had almost War. every single book. <laughs> well, no, not quite, but like, I, I read, like, years, like, one through ten afterwards. I was, like, pretty knowledgeable on, like, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the yeah. Jedi Captain, the Abbott, and all Most that. of, like, the main trilogy books. Yeah. That they would bring out. Yeah, the like, the some of the bigger ones. Yeah. And then, kind of after a certain period, I kind of just, like, stopped reading it. Anyways, so... I was really interested in knowing what happened in the la- in the thirty years between episode six and seven, mm-hmm. and to be kind of thrown into this universe. We're like, oh yeah, the empire is called the First Order now, and the res- rebellions, the resistance, and we're not going to really explain what's going on. This is what so, we were talking about earlier. Where like, do you have to read all this stuff that they've brought out, like all these comic books and and other books that they might be bringing out? To, act, to understand, to get the full experience of the new movies? Well, it's it's not just... Fine, Expanding Universe, I understand, but I feel like the film should have assumed that the viewers had seen the original trilogy, mm-hmm. which it didn't, in my opinion. So you brought back, and it's... Okay, there's this First Order, and there's the Resistance, and there is struggle. It's like, well, what happened to the, like... At the Battle of End, after the Battle of Endor, then? That was, like, a crushing defeat for the Empire. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that there's, like powerful splinter groups like that makes sense but like why is this such a big threat and they touch on the republic very briefly and like well how is the republic well what is the republic now what is the new republic how much power do they have in the galaxy why is there a resistance and not like a standing army for the republic or yeah. a fleet they mentioned the republic fleet but like the politics of it which you know politics can really be boring and they were very poorly executed in the prequels but i feel like that's kind of a like, galactic politics is kind of a staple of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And I would have liked to see them done right. See, I think that it's a staple to people that watch the cartoons, people that yeah. know the universe. The it's content. not a staple of the movies. It is a staple in the prequels. And maybe that's why they feel a little bit different as well. Yeah. But, like, at least the original trilogy and what it looks to be this trilogy, it's going to be more about rebellion versus... But- even in A New Hope, they talk about, like, the Senate getting shut down and, like, stuff like that. Like, it's there in the background, yeah. But the, I felt like there was almost nothing, even in the background of this film, to explain what's happened in the last 30 years. Yeah. And to me, I felt that was a huge disservice to fans. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of the opening scroll in this one. It starts off like, Luke Skywalker is missing! It's like, okay, is this really how you're going to introduce us to a new movie? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What if you hadn't seen any of the other Star Wars? And you're like, well, who the hell is Luke Skywalker? Right? Yeah, but uh, anyways, that's my big criticism. It felt like in the intervening 30 years between episode 6 and 7, nothing had changed. Like, the char- like some of the enemies had been giving new names. Like, it's no longer the Emperor, it's like Snope, it's no longer Vader, it's Kylo Ren. Yeah. And I... I'm fine with them rebooting, but I wanted to know... Like, why is, like, why is there still a resistance and not, why is the Republic not dealing with the First yeah, Order? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, so we all think the Battle of Endor was, like, this massive, like, important victory, and it was, for the Rebellion, right? How much of the galaxy knew that a, a Death Star was being built? Yeah. Probably nothing. It's a secret weapon. 
right? So it's, but the rebellion has found out about it, so now there's this battle. But no one knows about it, right? Nobody knows that the, that the Emperor was killed, or that Darth Vader was killed. Right? How many people actually know about Darth Vader in the galaxy? If you're on the Outer Rim, do you know who Darth Vader is? Yeah. Right? Well, do I, you know who the Emperor is? No, but you know... Well, you, you know who the Emperor is. He's the head of the... Oh, yeah, because he shut nice down the government. Senate and everything. Yeah, but... Yeah. Like, you live in the Empire, there's the Emperor. Right, so it was... It was a, the loss was a massive blow to uh, the Imperials, but I don't think as big... Like, we look at it as, oh, that's it, the Rebels won. It's like, no, they just had a major victory. Well, it, and and the, these characters died, but the imperialism—they're they're not done. Yeah, it wasn't. Endor wasn't the end of the civil war, but it didn't explain why. Like, okay, what? There's the Republic now in Episode Seven, and didn't explain at all how it kind of got there. Mm-hmm. And it was really in the background. That was re- that really threw me. I'm like, what's going on? If they just placed it like in the, you know mentioned the opening crawl, it's like there's been thirty years of like war and hit and run attacks and the resistance is still like trying to face off against these different imperial factions the most powerful being the first order mm-hmm. like that would have made more sense to yeah. me but like it didn't really explain what was going on it was just like there was this insurgent group called the resistance fighting against the first order which was I guess a really powerful faction and the republic was kind of just twiddling their thumbs in the background and oh they're all gone now with their fleet mm-hmm. now okay We've seen like like you think of a TV show if they do a Star Wars TV show let's say they did a live action one right mm-hmm. you would think that it would be like action and like that what you're used to in Star Wars would you be interested in seeing a Star Wars political drama show having to do with the Senate and what happens after like after the Battle of Endor and that transition between trying to get power back and all the corruption and everything that'd be different from anything we've seen before I mean you get a little bit of it in Clone Wars. Right when they go to Mandalore and stuff like that, but uh, I don't. Know, I'd be really interested in seeing something like that. They they'd really have to. They'd have to make it very clear uh, through trailers and other promotional materials that like that's what the that's what it is. is. Yeah, because uh, whenever people see Star Wars, I mean Star Wars in general is is just kind of fantasy. Like it's really light on those like political details and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, so I would just automatically assume that there's going to be a lot of action. And it's going to be really light on those those heavier mm-hmm. elements like the drama uh, and politics and whatnot. So they they have to build it very strongly. Um, I feel like it'd be kind of be kind of strange. It'd be a huge adjustment, and uh, I don't know if I'd be able to wrap my head around it. Um, <laughs> personally, I've always hoped for like a really gritty Star Wars TV show that kind of like follows the life of a stormtrooper. Uh, trying to put down the rebellion or something like that. Like that. Well, kind the rumor, like the rumor right now for the TV show that they're supposed to be doing, is called Star Wars Underworld, and it's about like the underworld of Coruscant and like what goes on in the the gritty, dark parts that you don't see. You because know, all we see in Coruscant is the, the skyline. The skyline is like I mean, you do see a little bit of it in uh, Attack of the Clones yeah. when they're chasing. That, I don't know, the assassin, I guess. But even that's more like the nightlife. It's not like the underhive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a show that's more like that and even lower. Yeah. Clone Wars does a lot, but mm-hmm. yeah, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, you're kind of missing out. Yeah, man. Any thoughts, Joe? 
Yeah, like uh, that Underworld uh, TV show, I did read about that. Uh, one of the producers was, uh, was his name Rick Moore from Battlestar Galactica? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but That'd be good, man. That'd be really good. Big, yeah, so uh, apparently they also said it would be like The Empire Strikes Back on steroids. Like it would be very dark, like full adult audience here. This isn't like any, any aspects of the show to appeal to children, so... Mm -hmm. I'd really like to see something like that, for sure. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a Star Wars House of Cards, but I'm kind of weird, so... <laughs> like, I understand it wouldn't have huge mass appeal. Yeah, and yeah. I, that's what they're going for, right, is the ratings. They need people watching it. and For sure. I don't know, your audience isn't going to be as big if you go for something like that. Yeah. Cool. Let's uh, start talking about some conspiracies and theories in this movie. Um, let's start with Finn. Who is Finn? Daryl. Um... Personally, you know, I think uh, I think the movies kind of comment on uh, morality and like the human spirit and the endurance of like uh, a person's character, uh, no matter like what trials it goes through. You know, like how Anakin like still has good in him after you know thirty plus years of being Darth Vader. Like there, there is still that that good core in him, and so you you have Finn. And he's part of this, uh, you know, force of stormtroopers who sort of like um, taken at birth, and I think they're I think they're brainwashed or something like that. Like there was reference to, yeah, uh, like from Captain Phasma telling him to report to to be checked out or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, and yet, d despite um, growing up uh, amongst uh, his his peers, sort of as we were discussing uh, in the First Order and being brainwashed order and being taken at birth. Uh, even still, like he retains this uh, this moral compass, and can identify like when the, he's attacking this like field, uh, this um, this uh, harmless group of villagers. Like you know, like there's something really morally wrong here. And you know, as we were discussing, maybe they didn't execute as well as as they could have. Uh, they could add a bit more depth to to Finn's character. Uh, but I think that's that's kind of uh, what like he's almost the the, the Anakin uh, from from Return of the Jedi. Like no matter what. Uh, the moral compass and uh, the the inner good of a person uh, can always persevere uh, no matter what's thrown at it. Right on. Uh, Joe? Uh, so with the uh, thing with the, you said uh, conspiracy theory, so obviously a big one is uh, going to be the origin story of Ray. And Let's talk about that last Okay. Let's try and keep it on Finn right now. Okay, so uh, with yeah, with Finn, I'm not sure I have much else to say about him. I think I've pretty much said all my impressions, all my thoughts on him so far. So, uh, well, Finn's black, and the other, only other black character in the films are is Lando. Yeah, unless I'm forgetting someone. Uh, well, Mace, Mace Windu, Windu, but I don't right. Think it's, yeah, Mace Windu. So, what's Mace Windu got his hands chopped off and survived, and then had a kid. Yeah, so it's. Like, there's really strong, like, family themes through all these films. Like, it's all connected to, like, the Skywalkers or the Solos. So, it it seems likely that he's related to Mace Windu or Lando, but it's... God, I hope not. It, I, at the same time, this is, like, a character who's very different than anything we've seen in Star Wars. So, it makes sense if he wasn't connected to the, the previous films yeah. at all. So, uh, I don't know. I have no idea, like, how this, like, there was a toy that came out mm -hmm. that was Finn, 
and I don't know the, the creator of the toy, if they had rights to say this, or if they weren't supposed to say this, but it said Finn Calrissian, mm. like Lando's son, Yeah, and I think they had to take it off the shelves or whatever, so was that something that they knew and let slip, let or... slip, or was that just them being idiots and not knowing? Well, you know, yeah, speaking of which, there was no mention of Lando uh, in the film, mm-hmm. I think just about everybody from the original trilogy who was a main character, other than uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who, who's dead, obviously, or Yoda, like... All the characters that were alive, like, at the end of Return of the Jedi, returned except for Lando. Mm-hmm. Like, you even, had, uh, you even had Admiral Ackbar back in the film, too. And, yeah, well, and, a and, mom and, calamar. Don't be xenophobic. Right? <laughs> that could have been any mom. Hey, man, you had pancake, pancake cheeks in there as well, I'm pretty sure. Something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his actual name? Nien Num Num. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And he's a Celestin. God, they don't like being called pancake cheeks. They're pancake cheeks, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot look at that guy without getting hungry. <laughs> Pour a little syrup on his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, any other like Easter eggs that you kind of saw throughout the movie that you want to talk about? Daryl? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, we we sort of talked a lot about uh, how, it was a, how it was a rehash of episode four. And so I guess that was sort of where a lot of the Easter eggs came from. Like the, the rebel base looked like uh, the same one on, on Yavin 4. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were, there were a couple little things, um, uh, one of the big ones was in the background, there was a, a younger woman who had Leia's original hairstyle oh, from really? yeah. episode four, right on. uh, when they were at the rebel base, and she was sort of, uh, maybe like 20 feet behind Leia while Leia was talking, and I was like, oh, maybe this is like... Lei and Han's other kid, and we're going to be, like, introduced to this person, and that might be, like, another sort of, like, new character who develops or whatever, and then, uh, again, like, I just randomly would see her in the background in a couple mm-hmm. other scenes, and there was, like, no reference to her. Hmm, interesting. And so I was like, that was kind of weird. Do you think maybe a deleted scene or something like that? No, uh, I was reading, there was a, there was a bunch of, uh, secret cameos in the movie, as you, you may have heard of, like, Daniel Craig was in there as a stormtrooper, um... And then uh, there was a, there was a few others who who I can't remember offhand, but the uh, woman with uh, the with Leia's hair is actually Carrie Fisher's real life daughter, oh. who got to be a sort of extra in the background. Yeah, and apparently there are a lot of like famous people. I heard Daniel Craig was in it. Yeah, yeah there's well. also that. Oh really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I was doing some research here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I think his I think his name is Sean Penn. Um, he was. Uh, oh, Simon Pegg was in Simon the Pegg, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Smith, too, you said, I think, as well. Uh, he was definitely he was definitely on set. He was on set, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was in the movie. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he was, he was in the movie or he not. He was that fat stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the new Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a guy that was supposed to be like Porkins yeah. when they assaulted him. And he survived, too, dude. Yeah. 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 He should have died again. <laughs> I got this! <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> cool. Um... The one that I noticed, because Boba Fett is, like, my all-time favorite character, is when they go into Maz's, and she has, like, all the flags hanging there. There's kind of a shout-out to Boba Fett. I mean, it is just, like, a straight-up Mandalorian symbol. Is that what it is? Yeah, I was Boba reading Fett's it, here, so that's what I was, when I didn't notice, he said Daniel Craig, that was, um, it's like the skull with the horns. Yeah. And it's just, like, a Mandalorian symbol that, um, a lot of people think it's, like, a Bantha skull. But... Oh, okay, yeah. But, um... 
Boba Fett has that on his like armor. Mm-hmm. And when they're going to Maz's, which is kind of like that Maz Eisley spaceport type thing where there's all these bounty hunters and stuff like that, you see that symbol. I don't know, I got goosebumps there hoping that he was going to be in it. <laughs> Ian? Uh, I don't know. There's... Uh, I was hoping to see more Sheps. Like, we play X-Wing and they've said they're going to release like more Force Wake and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, the second time I saw it, I was trying to find, like, specifically look for that and I didn't really see any... Easter eggs. Um, yeah, were know. there any other than when they're escaping the Star Destroyer? Were there any like large capital ship battles? There weren't. No capital ship battles. The only other ships was the drop ships, the stormtroopers coming, Kylo Ren shuttle, a little shuttle that Leia comes in. Yeah, I like Kylo Ren shuttle. Yeah. The big freighter that Han and Chewie are flying, mm-hmm. the Star Destroyer, obviously, and can't think about them. But there's no massive space battles, just when they're running away at the... Well, I, what I mean is there's no other, like, iconic ships, like, in the... In you don't the have the long Calamar ships and stuff like well, that. Well, I mean, like, there's no Y-Wings, mm-hmm. right? There's no TIE Interceptors. Yeah. Like, what, where, where are all the iconic fighters? And the only fighting that we had was the T-70 versus the... TIE TIE. Yeah, which was, like... So there were less ships in Episode 7 than there were in Episode 4. Mm-hmm. I I I love ships. Like when we play Edge, I'm the pilot. So I was hoping to see more of that. Yeah, the T seven is pretty badass, though. Yeah, cool. Um, and those those like fighter scenes were awesome. Oh like, yeah, the battles. When Poe yeah. shows up, yeah. when the FO's attacking Mazes, that's yeah. an amazing shot. We're just like keeps with him. He's doing all these barrel rolls and flips yeah. and everything. Um, and that was that like what you would have loved to have seen out of Wedge. Yeah. In the original trilogy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's talk about uh, Snoke and Kylo Ren, those two characters. Um, you have any conspiracies on their theories on Snoke? He he looks like an alien, mm-hmm. which I think is was kind of surprising because uh, the First Order, a lot like the Empire, looked like they were all human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you kind of assume that they had that... Um, like xenophobic, like anti-alien yeah. agenda, just like the uh, Empire did, and yet they're they're being run uh, by an alien. So I don't know if he's like a human who's like totally warped by the dark side of the Force, or mm. some kind of crazy space accident, or something like that 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 might come out. Uh, but I'm just very curious how uh, a non-human came to run this like entirely human organization uh like he must be a very powerful dark side user or something like that mm-hmm. yeah when i saw him uh raises the questions like who is he where did he come from uh was there uh was there other force users in the galaxy that were like familiar with the dark side during the galactic civil war and then like maybe he was on the outer rim and did he just kind of come into the picture once there was a power gap left by the death of Palpatine? Uh, it's a lot to lot to question. And who would have trained him if uh, if he is a Sith Lord? Uh, where did he gain his knowledge? I like to know all these things, and hopefully the next film will kind of explain things. If not, the expanded universe, because I'm I'm curious as well. Yeah. One of the theories I've heard is that he's a Darth Plagueis, yeah. who's Darth Sidious, aka Palpatine's um, former master, who dabbled a lot in like resurrection, coming back to life, and that sort of. He looks kind of similar to Sidious, uh, to 
Plagius in terms yeah, of Yeah, I have a picture here if you guys want to look at it. Yeah. But I I don't know about that because that's um, asking a lot from the audiences to know kind of the history and going back to the prequels. Not, yeah, that's the big thing is that Disney has very much in a lot of ways ignored the prequels and like Fantasy Flight Games and that license has like completely ignored the prequels. They haven't mm-hmm. done anything from them except like you know, alien species. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart move for Disney to keep the prequels relevant because those prequels are very childish and it is Disney. And it's very easy to work TV shows and cartoons off of the prequels than it is to work them for kids off of... It's Sorry, you're going to hate this, Joe. It's very easy to make a lovable Gungan character for kids in a cartoon than it is to make, you know, a stormtrooper that's... Having conflicts with being good or bad, or or having another like Boba Fett, you know, I I get it for sure. And then go and scout the Gungan and Star Wars (laughs) Underworld. Um, for yeah, for the um, like in in terms of the prequels, there there was one sort of odd shout out shout out to the prequels in the movies where uh, the uh, one of the Imperial officers. And Kylo Ren, I believe, they were arguing about mm-hmm. uh, Finn mm-hmm. and like why he'd sort of like gone astray, and uh, someone was sort of like you know doing that political maneuvering stuff like oh well you know it looks like your whole uh, brainwashing program doesn't work does it? Yeah. Well you know uh, I know you guys want to go with clones but like I told you like this is not the way to go like we're not doing the clones thing like the brainwashing like it works a hundred percent this is just like a fluke like blah 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 mm-hmm. blah yeah. and that whole like clones shout out was like. Definitely a reference. Like I, yeah, I felt like it was. Um, I felt like it was maybe like a like a shot at the prequels sort of thing. Like, you know, like, like this is not <laughs> yeah. the prequels. Yeah. You know, yeah. definitely not sort of thing. So I would also be kind of surprised if they tried to link everything back to that. To, yeah. to that by having be Darth Plagueis. Now I'm gonna give you a like strong argument to that. Right? Have you seen okay. pictures of Plagueis? What he looks like? I know. Like this is, is it. this is he canon is. before these movies came out. Now remember what Snoke looks like. And remember what Plagueis was trying to achieve, right? Was that he wanted to cheat death. Learn how to be immortal. Use the force to learn how to be immortal. Maybe he didn't learn how to be immortal. We learned how to, like, slow death. Mm -hmm. And that he knew that Palpatine was going to turn on him. Right? Because while he was trying to... Metachlorians, I know there's not going to be mention of Metachlorians in, like, the new one. Mm -hmm. But at least in, like, the prequels... They are unfortunately canon. Yeah. um, While trying to figure out how to cheat death, he learned how to create life. And he created Anakin, right, who was just immaculately created, um, with the hope of, you know, I'm going to create this pure Metaclorian person and then twist him to be my apprentice and help me take over the galaxy. Palpatine saw that and decided he was going to kill him and use Anakin for himself. And take Darth Jesus for himself. Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Um, So Plagueis, like, kind of faked his death. Okay. And he did learn how to, like, stay alive. So imagine Snoke with, like, the decay that he has on his face. And that's what Plagueis is supposed to look like. Yeah, so... right. That could, that could be him. <clears throat> and yeah. now he he's kept with the bloodline. Do you want to describe that picture for so, radio? <laughs> you can describe it. Okay. I'll even put it on our Facebook page. Alright, so it's... Uh, I'm, I don't remember what species this is but it's a long gray-faced humanoid alien hairless face it doesn't really have a nose the nose is kind of just like part of the 
cheek structure. Kind of his scary. cheeks are kind of sunken in a yeah, little bit. Yeah, sunken cheeks, big, heavy brows, red eyes, gray skin. And now so imagine that person like, was starting to decay a little bit. Yeah. And it's a lot like how Snoke looks. Kind of Voldemort-ish. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good, good way of describing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now he's kept with the bloodline, and he's just going to take another Skywalker who... Kylo Ren is part of the Skywalker bloodline. Son right? of Jesus. Yeah. Grandson. Grandson <laughs> of Jesus. Yeah. Um, do you have any theories on Kylo Ren? What's going to happen with his character in this movie? In these series? Uh, I don't know. I kind of hope he's going to be used to sort of show how, like, Sith are trained. Mm-hmm. Um, Although he's technically a knight of Ren, not a Sith. So if that's how I understand it. Well, yeah, yeah, we're gonna find out more about that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, I mean, he definitely uses like the dark side of the force, yeah, and he's yeah. a huge fan of the Sith. So we'll kind of learn, I guess, how bad guy force users are uh, are taught uh, how to use the force. Like, hopefully, uh, like I would, I guess, what I'd like to see in the next movie is sort of like a like a back and forth between Ray, you know, carrying Luke around on her back, and you know, trying yeah, to. Yeah. You know, lift the Millennium Falcon out of that ocean planet after Luke throws it in there, and and this and that. And you know, and then cut to uh, you know Kylo Ren, and you know he's got hologram Snoke, uh, you know, um, forcing him to I don't know torture innocent people or drown kittens or whatever. It is yeah, that whatever it is, the First it. Order does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever it is, they're definitely kitten drowning people. I think. <laughs> I don't uh, think you're gonna. I don't know. I'd love to see all of that. I just have a strange feeling you're not going to see a lot of Kylo Ren in the next movie. I think that he's going to kind of be in the background and then he's going to show up near the end and I don't think you're going to see his face at all. I don't think you're going to see his face until the, until episode 9. Mm. That's because like he got cut across the face so now he's like scarred. Yeah. And don't forget that transition in becoming a Sith like Anakin at the end of episode three, right? Like your eyes start to change color. Yeah. You're going to become more pale and stuff like that. So I think we saw what Adam Driver looked like at the end of episode seven. You're not going to see his face in episode in episode uh, eight, even though you'll see maybe a bit of his training or you'll find out he's become like full dark side now. You know, and uh, just going back to that, uh, noticed Count Dooku didn't like really go and undergo any physical transformations. That's like true. When you saw him in Attack of the Clones, he, he looked... He looked like he could have passed off as any other Jedi. Um, I have a theory behind that. Is that, um, hopefully people listening know the Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> um, that, that Jar Jar Binks is actually like the overall mastermind. That, that's I, a theory. I, no, I have this canon. strange like belief that that was the actual original plan. And then after episode one, and like the the criticism of Jar Jar Binks, the hatred towards him, that he was supposed to be Dooku. It was supposed to be a reveal and he was going to be Dooku, but they decided, like, not to go with that because everyone hated Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. And so they just threw in this old guy. This, Here's this guy and he's here now and, like, who the fuck is this old guy? I don't even know who That's he is. That's true, yeah. Hmm. Or they could have just kept Darth Maul alive for the whole trilogy and he could have been Darth Maul. So when I was a kid, I loved Darth Maul. Yeah. It was so such an interesting character. You hadn't seen like a bad guy like that yet. Yeah. Well, I made the argument the other day. I was arguing with a friend of ours about the prequels, and I was saying like Darth Maul is the best character because he's so shallow, and they haven't had a chance to ruin him. 
Yeah, that's Although, true. Although, I, I did, I kind of rewatching some Clone Wars with Darth Maul, and in that show, because anyone who hasn't seen Clone Wars, Darth Maul comes back. Yeah, and, Darth Maul survived being cut in half, and then he has, yeah. like, robot legs. Yeah, but he's really interesting, especially when... They well, they first, bring in his brother as well, yeah, too. Yeah, right? when they first find him, and he's, like, gone insane. Yeah. Like, that's so well done. And all he wants is revenge against Obi-Wan for... Yeah, that's, like, the only thing he remembers as he's, like, descended into man madness, mm-hmm. just his raw hatred for Kenobi. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel about Kylo Ren? What do you think is going to happen to him? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I like I haven't given too much thought to like conspiracy theories. I kind of just letting the movie wash over me. And <laughs> love it. Uh, I'm really, like I said earlier, I'm really excited to, uh, for Kylo Ren. I think Adam Driver is doing a great job with him. But yeah, I I'm interested to see his arc develop from like this very petulant Sith guy to like become more cold like Vader. Like mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see if that's what happens. So I'm kind of curious to see if it's going to uh, mirror Empire Strikes Back and maybe Luke's gonna like train Rey to fight and send her to kill Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren's gonna like defeat her and then there's gonna be this Empire moment where he's like Luke never told you about your cousin. He's like, oh, yeah, no, one hundred percent. It is oh, mirroring yeah. that, like yeah. that story arc <laughs> of the original trilogy. Uh, I think the second one is going to end with the reveal that they're related in some way, or it's going to be the spaceballs reveal. <laughs> I have your cousin's mother, <laughs> roommate's dog sitter. Because absolutely, <laughs> cool. Well, speaking about that, let's get into the last thing we were talking about with who is Ray. If there is going to be this reveal of yeah. like family relationship. If there is a family relationship, if there isn't, who is Ray? Joe, you were going to talk about it earlier. Let's start with you. Uh, well, I think it's a big universe, and maybe she's just a completely new character, and she has no blood relation to anyone. Like uh, the the one thing I think a lot of people are wondering is she related to Luke Skywalker? Is she the daughter of Luke? Um, that brings into question now: Was Luke Skywalker following? the old ideas of the Jedi where you're not supposed to love because, like, love leads to the dark side, or was it because there's no Jedi Order? Did Luke kind of just do his own thing? And in, did that in any way play a part in why, like, one of his students or several of his students turned to the dark side of the Force? Was that a failure on his behalf? So it's interesting to see how that turns out mm-hmm. in the next film. I mean, you would think that, like, Leia would know that Luke had a had a daughter. Right? Unless he... Like, how long had Luke been gone for? Unless it was like he hit yeah. her there to protect her from Kylo Ren. That, yeah, I was thinking about that too, but like, people would still know that like Luke had a daughter. Well, where did Luke's daughter go? There's no mention Not necessarily if he hit her and dropped her off and Jack, abandoned her on Jakku. That's a lost. huge character development for Luke then to do something like that, right? Yeah. He just wanted her to be like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have the experience of living on a horrible desert planet. <laughs> Built character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back one day, maybe. <laughs> Daryl, what are you? Uh, what are your theories? Well, I'm I'm hoping that that Finn isn't related to Lando, and that Ray isn't really related to any characters either. We already have one character, uh, Kylo Ren, who's who's related to everyone, and so uh, I'm kind of hoping that Finn and Ray can kind of like stand on their own. And sort of mm-hmm. create like new character lines rather than uh, sort of um, all be connected back to the other characters, and then sort of end up in a situation like what you guys were saying about space balls, where 
you know, like everyone is somehow connected to yeah, yeah. these original characters which in I feel some tangential like, way. Which I feel like is what we're so used to in Star Wars, is that everyone is connected somehow. Yeah. And what's interesting about what you're saying is that neither Finn or Rey being related to anybody, now you have the Skywalker being the bad guy of the movie, as opposed to being the hero of the movie. Because Anakin, mm-hmm. we know, turns into Darth Vader, but he was the good guy through all of that. He right? was, yeah. And then you have Luke, who's the good guy through all of that, and you find out that, you know... At the time, you didn't know. But, like, there's also Skywalker being the bad guy. But the main character is the good guy, mm-hmm. right? And now you have Skywalker, like, you have Luke in the movie, but he's not the main character anymore. Barely in the movie. Yeah, but in the, I'm talking the whole, like, what we're going to see in the trilogy, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to be the Yoda, I'm thinking. <clears throat> but the Skywalker of the movie is the bad guy. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting legacy for the main characters to leave after having done so much good, and then it's sort of like their progeny is is causing like so much havoc. Uh, the this the theory for Ray that I kind of subscribe to is that Luke had more than one apprentice. It wasn't just Kylo Ren, and then when Kylo Ren like turned and went nuts, Luke was like, "Oh shit." And he hid, uh, you know, whatever apprentices he had left. May have just been Ray. May have been, may have been others. Who knows? Yeah. On uh, just these backwater uh, planets that no one would ever think to look. And erased their memories or something like that. Uh, yeah, you know, or you know, Ray was really young, and maybe she, maybe she didn't get too far in her training, and that's why she didn't really remember anything. I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of holes in the theory for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, if if there's any kind of connection between Ray to the other characters, that's what I would like it to be, rather than her be like Luke's daughter, or you know, um, best friends, you know, niece or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, that, that, uh, she just be like one of his, uh, students, you know, so it's sort of like his two students, uh, Kylo Ren and Rey, uh, you know, these are, these are sort of like the, the two members of, of Luke's legacy, uh, through the Jedi Order, and they're going to face off in these new films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all, like, I don't know, I'm a strong believer that she's like Jana Solo. That she's yeah. Kylo Ren's uh, sister. I mean, same thing. Like, you would think that there would be some mention of... Like, you hear that that uh, Han and Leia's son fell to the dark side, but there's no mention of a daughter at all in there. And maybe you don't mention that, obviously, because then you're giving away a twist. But I think that that adds the most... Like, if they're going to be having this battle against each other, the fact that they're brother and sister adds so much more drama to the battle. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, well, they're actually fighting to the death at this point. And that is canon, in that when Jason Solo, who is Ben Solo, mm-hmm. pretty much, um, he ends up falling to the dark side, and they end up fighting, and then... You, you mean Legends, like in the legends, old Expanded Universe. Legends, in the old universe, yeah. yeah. Um, is that what they call it now? Star Wars Legends? Yeah, no, cool. That's what it's referred to. Um, they end up fighting, and then John ends up killing him. Oh. Right? Damn. So, I mean, they've erased the canon, so technically they can rewrite it however they want. Mm-hmm. But... That's also like, well, we can use the storyline, but now we don't have to follow it word for word. We can change names. We can twist it because we didn't like this. We didn't like that, right? Like, because also, there's also a third child, Anakin, right? Who yeah. ends up dying. And that kind of is a huge thing with Jason being like, whoa, like, my brother just died, right? So now he pulls him towards the dark side. Yeah. Um, I think that's the way that it's going, but I really like your idea as well. We can kill Han Solo. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> yeah. now. 
Um, what about you, man? Um, I'm kind of in the boat with Daryl where I, I want to see them break away from like this family tree mm-hmm. sort of thing. However, I don't know if they're going to do that. And like there's that one shot of the alien that you didn't like, Jay, on Jakku, who's mm-hmm. like the traitor guy. And he's uh, pulling young, like, adolescent Ray back as she's, like, waving to the starship that's flying away. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the other starship that was in the movie. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and that quad jumper that they were running to before they got on the Falcon. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Going off topic. So, it, it seems kind of like the timeline around when Luke disappeared. I heard or read somewhere that he's been gone for 20 years. I don't know how, if that's accurate because that doesn't really make sense with Kylo Ren. Uh, my theory is just falling apart to my own scrutiny. But, <laughs> anyways, like, I feel that the strongest theory is that, like, she is Rey Skywalker, and he she was a secret child that he hit on Jakku. Now, here's the thing about that. Be- because, sorry, because she's such a powerful force. Yeah, user. yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe the fact that he, he realizes that he lost someone... Mm-hmm. Already to the dark side, and that he knows how strong Ray is, that it was better just to put her on a planet it, instead of losing her as well. Except the way like the ages work and stuff, it seems like he would have hit her before uh, Ben Solo fell to the dark side. I feel like yeah, it's strange because like I, like Kylo Ren and Ray are the same age, right? Roughly, they yeah. look roughly the same age, if not, and that's why. I kind of feel like the brother-sister thing might work out. Yeah. But like, she was... It seemed like when she was on like abandoned on Jakku, it was at least ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And it when Kylo Ren fell to the dark side, or when he became Kylo Ren and built his own lightsaber, he was at least, like, a teenager, like, at least 16. Yeah. So... Oh, I was going to mention this earlier. Also, his lightsaber, I think, is awesome. Yeah. At first, really? I didn't like it, but now with the crack... The theory is a cracked crystal and like the blades all messed up and stuff. Yeah, and that's why because of the cracked crystal. We were talking about this yesterday. The the cross guard is a vent. Yeah, for it. Yeah, which I like a lot more than like the original conspiracy that I had at least that the cross guard like a cross guard on a sword is meant to stop someone from when they hit their sword sliding down and cutting off your hand. Mm-hmm. Is that Kylo Ren was a clone of Luke Skywalker made from his hand? They got cut oh. off. And that's why he has that cross guard is because it's like cemented in him to protect having his hand chopped off. Um, Glad that didn't end up being the case. Yeah. I like yeah. the way they're going instead. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool conspiracy at the time. <laughs> that was interesting. Awesome, man. Well, we talked a lot about Star Wars. Any closing comments? Uh, yes, I'll go first. Uh, I think the the criticism I brought up earlier really like stuck with me for a while, but in the end, I am very much willing to overlook all and any of the movie's thought uh, faults because it's such a well done film and just just like is bringing Star Wars back, and I feel like it's in good hands. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the overwhelming good just vastly outweighs any of the faults. Mm-hmm. I agree. I believe that this film was a good. Uh, start in the right direction for uh, the franchise. I'm really happy and excited that we're uh, looking forward to some new films that are going to be of the same caliber as the last one and uh, 
it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan again. I so, think so. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like other things coming out as well. Cartoons. Check out Rebels, man. Rebels yeah. is really, really good. I, like these Disney cartoons are amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was really pleased with Force Awakens. Um, there was a lot of fan service uh, in it, as as everyone's kind of discussed, and I'm I'm hoping now that um, it's sort of like. J.J. Abrams and Disney have shown that they can do the movie right, and they, they sort of did that, like, first outing uh, for the Star Wars films in, in quite some time, that they can sort of move away a little bit from the fan service. Yeah, and, and they just, got it out of the way. And, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm also hoping uh, they, they've got all these, like, uh, anthologies that they want to come out with that are going to yeah. come out in between the the episodes, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping they'll, they'll get, like, different directors, different creative teams, and, and maybe have a bit of... Uh, different tone and feel to different movies mm-hmm. uh, to sort of like keep everything fresh and explore different directions for the franchise. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really excited if they do the Marvel thing where they have like their main Iron Man, Avengers kind of like storyline, but then they also do Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like this weird spin off. So I want to see like the Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars. Like, interesting. That's an obscure. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge risk. But, yeah, um, but it was awesome. It was right? awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I think that if you have that same like production crew that they have right now for Star Wars, they can mm-hmm. they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars, man. People are gonna go see it. Yeah, right? yeah. It has that household name. Um, I mean, I love the movie, obviously. Okay, I'm not promoting watching ripped versions of movies, like movie like handy cams and stuff like that, because obviously they spend a lot of money to make this. Go pay for your ticket and go see it. After you've paid for your ticket once or twice. Watch the rip version that's online, the Handycam. Ian and I watched it um, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because it's lower quality, and the sound quality isn't as good, and it's definitely not the first way you ever want to watch this movie. No, no. And, I, and I would never even say, like, this is a good version to watch the movie because the quality isn't as good. Um, but because the video quality isn't as good, and because the sound quality isn't as good, it feels like you're watching an original trilogy movie. So it feels like you're watching... The Force Awakens, but it was made in the 70s. And also because the quality is bad, all those CG characters we were talking about look like they're rubber people. Nice. Which, yeah. I, that is what made it feel like you were watching an original trilogy movie. And as I was, like, I felt kind of bad watching it at first, but then I really got into it. And I watched the whole movie again like that, and it really took me back. It was a total trip watching it. Yeah. Disney so, should Disney should add like a seventies filter to the <laughs> <laughs> Awesome man. Well I think that was a good amount of Star Wars talk. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for yeah, doing this. Man. I know it's early Joel in the Darryl. morning. <laughs> oh, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having me <laughs> yeah. on here. I'm, I'm more than willing to do more nice in depth science fiction talks at any time. Yeah. Star Wars or other science fiction related. Uh, I think we should do another round table about like Edge of the Empire with you guys and other people from our crew. Awesome. Yeah. For sure, yeah. man. Yeah, that's good. Awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this uh, special Wrong Side of the Maelstrom episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm Ian. I'm Joe. And I'm Daryl. And we'll see you on the Wrong Side of the Maelstrom.